0: Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Project. Today, we're gonna be talking about anxiety. Is it our friend or is it our foe? And to help us understand this subject a little more, we've got the resident anxiety specialist, shall we say. He's the curator of the control system and he's a TEDx speaker. So, I'm just gonna hand you over to Tim Box. Hello.
1: Fantastic.
2: Good morning,
0: everybody. I always think you're going to say good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> no. How are we, Tim?
1: I'm good, thank you. Yes, how are you?
0: Good, I'm very well, mate. Little bit anxious, A little bit nervous, A little bit worried, but hopefully you'll be able to sort me out today. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: let's see what we can do about that. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: love it, I love it. Right, gonna, you stop
0: faffing? No, I'm gonna just sharing it, sharing see, it. We've got to understand this, lost spends Here the go. first 20 minutes faffing, and now she's <laughs> back in the room. Back, back in the room. Pretty back in the room.
1: I tried to have a Zoom call with my parents the other day. Oh yeah. my God, five o'clock, we were due to go live and have a Zoom call. 27 minutes past five, we actually started chatting. That's how long it <laughs> took to get them live, for me and them, live and online and talking to each was other. Was your
0: mum still like that on the phone, was she? <laughs>
1: Can't oh, see what, for a while she was, and she was showing me on her phone what her lap, what her tablet looked like, and what button do I press here, and all that sort of thing. Unbelievable! Ah, <laughs> <laughs>
2: really but... oh, technology, I love it. I love oh, it. Super. So, guys, welcome to this very special webinar, Facebook Live, whatever it is. Welcome. General chit chat. General chit chat. Um, and today, ladies and gentlemen uh, of Facebook, we are being joined by the lovely Tim Box. Ta-da! Oh, <laughs> Hello. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> now, um, for those of you who don't know Tim, I'll get him to introduce himself in a second. Um, Tim is not just a kind of professional. Friend of ours, but a personal friend of ours.
1: Friend. Yeah. We
2: have share time, game time.
1: That contextualises it a bit, yeah.
2: Um, and, and Tim is a remedial hypnotist and the creator of the control system, which Barry and I are both practitioners for. And um, he is also pretty damn hot on anxiety. Um, he's done a TED talk on it um, back last year, I think, wasn't it? Last year, yeah. And we couldn't think of any better person to come and talk to you guys and just help you out with this situation around anxiety at the moment. So we were like, "Oi, Tim, the <laughs> chat?" And he was like, "Yeah, go on then." And then. He was like, <laughs> Yeah. Cool,
1: always fancy a chat about anxiety, is what I do.
2: Exactly. So Tim, I'm gonna hand it over to you just to obviously tell everybody who you are, why you do it, what your favourite yep. colour ice cream is, whatever it is that you wanna kind of tell us. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah cool Well, okay thank you uh, well, it was a pleasure to be here lovely always lovely to chat to you guys anyway um so yeah you you said it exactly right remedial hypnotist is my job title which is kind of like hypnotherapist but um as you guys know full well it, it's a little bit different to your common or garden hypnotherapy in that it doesn't use a formal hypnosis trance or anything it we, we tend to think about we're speaking directly to the part of your mind that's in charge of your emotional responses the subconscious if we're going to give it that name um and i've been doing that about 10 years i've run my own practice for about 10 years I also for a, for two or three years was uh, an associate of a practice in harley street with my good friend zoe clues so and and you know we just having treated anxiety as the most common issue that people are presenting with um which and i find it really interesting as well because 10 years ago when i started out nobody walked into the room saying it's anxiety it was it was very much a word that didn't get sort of used very often now it's completely 100 percent the biggest thing that we're dealing with um but i've been doing that for a long time i wrote a book um, called clear your head which is about how we enjoy life without anxiety getting in the way of life um as you say did a ted talk last year about it and it tends to be it's inadvertently been the thing that i've moved towards as a specialism not because i I deliberately wanted to but because that's where uh the the where the calling is that's where the help is needed so I've, i've ended up becoming like this um accidental anxiety expert as you guys know i do have my own journey my own story with anxiety in terms of um what i've been through um i I had quite bad social anxiety when i was younger especially around school leaving age going to university going into the the employment community as well um and i think what's colored the way i treat people for this is largely about how i dealt with it um but also about my, my learning since then. So I've got sort of, you know, a double perspective on it. It's not just, um, it's not just my, my teachings and my work with clients, but my own personal experience of it. Now I don't claim to have been, you know, uh, as bad as other people are with it in terms of how how the high levels of anxiety but certainly I suffered with it enough for it to become quite a major player in my life um and I do I think I do tap into that experience of how I changed my understanding of it and and I think this is the thing that maybe is a little bit different about how I deal with anxiety to how other people deal with it is it's not about techniques and coping strategies it's more about a shift in our understanding um, and if we shift our understanding, we shift our responses, simple as that so um, so that yeah, that's that's a, is it that me in a nutshell? Well, I
2: love yeah. it, that's brilliant. And what I love is your approach in terms of understanding, because mm. you know so many of us have no idea what it is. We'll just go to the doctors, they tell you what it's Go, oh okay, and then that's it, that's where it stops, and we just kind of accept that that's the way it is.
1: but then,
0: yeah, what do you think. When you say anxiety, there's a fear response already attached to that word. Anxiety, isn't there? Yes. Anxiety has a bad rapture. You say.
1: You know what? That's a that's a really good point. I think when we say the word anxiety now, it has become that thing that has this, like you say, this whole emotional attachment around it. There, it is an anxiety-inducing word. It's a bit, you know, it has has the same sort of gravitas if we say the word cancer or something. We've all got our own personal experience with that. Or we know somebody who's had a, a bad personal experience with it. And as a result, there's so much more attached to it now. So, yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. It, it is a triggering word, if you want to use the word triggering, um, in itself. So, yeah, I think that's why possibly we're having such a high degree of anxiety issues is yeah. because it is spoken about a lot and there are now very big attachments to the word. Yeah.
2: So, from your point of view, Tim, what, you know, what is anxiety... And why, you know, what's the purpose of it? Because it's clearly there to do something, right?
1: Well, that, that's a really good point, actually. I think we forget, at times, we get so invested in treating anxiety as our illness that we don't realise it has a functional purpose. Yeah. And I'm, the first thing i'm always encouraging people to do is to remove that idea so you hear this certain language people use so at the moment you're hearing a lot of people saying oh the current situation is triggering my anxiety mm. which i find to be a really strange way of wording it. you know because it's like some it's like me saying oh you know my wife gave me a present for my birthday and it triggered my happiness you know, it doesn't, we don't say it that way. It made yeah. me feel happy about that. You know? you know what I mean? And, and I think I would rather, we said, rather than saying this is triggering my anxiety, why don't we just say, I feel anxious about X or Y? Because yeah. that's what anxiety is. It's, uh, it's an emotion. And when we understand it on that level, every emotion we have has a purpose. And, and our emotions are, are designed to steer us towards, in some way, safety and happiness. So anything that we feel, so the example we always use, if we feel fear, it's because we perceive there to be danger imminent. So if, you know, if a bear jumps into the room, we'll feel fear about that bear because it's dangerous, we need to run away from it, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the purpose of fear. It steers us away from the danger. We feel uncomfortable to the point where moving away is the only thing that will help us feel comfortable again. Yeah? Yeah. Um, if, it's, if somebody has wronged us, we might feel anger because anger is the emotion designed
0: <laughs> I knew you
1: me. as some of us are more familiar with than others um we might as, that's the emotion designed to write the role it will inspire us to take action we've all had that thing where we're like i just can't i can't i've got to say something i can't i've got to can't stop thinking about it i have to you know and it's almost that thing that drives us to correct the situation so yep. again an emotion designed to steer us in the right direction yep. and i think Anxiety is so caught up in in so much of our lives, we forget that anxiety has a purpose. And some people have said to me, oh, it's like it's fear about a situation. It's that bad things are going to happen. For me, anxiety is simply a part of your mind saying you need to focus on this thing. Okay. So we can feel anxiety about an upcoming impending bad situation. We can feel anxiety about an impending good situation that we want to do really, really well, you know. It's just our mind saying, focus on this. I won't let you lose focus on it because it's too important to lose focus on. That's mm-hmm. all it is. So if we feel anxious about something, it's because there's a part of our mind that's deliberately creating anxiety to get our attention. Yeah. Okay? So in this situation we're in at the moment in the world with COVID-19 or that sort of thing, there's a lot of constant anxiety because there's a situation that we don't like that is ongoing yeah yeah and so a bit of our mind gets locked in that process of getting our attention about it yeah Yeah? and this is this is where it can kind of um go a little bit wrong because we're feeling anxious about things that we can't change Mm. as in the situation with the pandemic all that sort of thing um and yet our mind is desperately trying to get the situation changed. That's why it's putting our focus on it. So this is why looking at it differently is how we're going to change our response. Yeah. Because if we can, if we can get that part of our mind to do what it regards as the best thing, which is all it's doing after all. I think we should say this as well. Our mind is only trying to find the best strategy for the most happiness. Yeah. That's what all of our emotional responses are for. So what we've got to do is, um, is find a better strategy for happiness. And at the moment, if we're feeling constant, non-stop, relentless anxiety about the situation, that is not the best strategy for the most happiness. Yeah. You know, I get, I've get. i had people talking to me saying, yeah, but it's really, how could, it's natural to feel anxious. Absolutely, it's natural to feel anxious. Yeah. Of course, we're gonna be slightly more alert and attentive to the situation in, in the news, say for example, than we normally would be. So Britt, my, my wife was saying, um, every, I find myself checking the bloody news every half hour. You know, I'm looking up on my phone for the, for the BBC News app and just checking the news. And she said, it's terrible, I'm getting obsessed. And the bottom line is, yeah, it's not a good idea to be checking your social media every half an hour to find the latest updates on the pandemic because that's going to inevitably create anxiety surrounding it, yeah. Mm. But even if you wanted to do that, Yeah, I'm advising people just check in with the updates every evening that the government gives. That's fine as far as I'm concerned. Anything big that needs my attention, I'll get it from that, you know. But if you wanted to check every half an hour, that's fine. As long as the next twenty-nine minutes until you check again, you just don't bother with it. You know, because inevitably the news that you get won't require any action or there won't be any action you can take to change what's going on in the world. So that's where your attention can now go on to your things, your everyday stuff, your continued enjoyment of life outside of the situation with the world. So what we're asking that bit of your mind to do is create a slightly better strategy around using this anxiety thing, which yes. is good. You know, it's functional. We don't want to be without anxiety. No. I'm you know, I'm sure you've heard this as well. Can you oh, get rid of my anxiety? Yeah. What? I mean, you might as well say, you know, chop out one of my emotions. That, that's, that wouldn't be right. You know, we, we've said this many times. There's two groups of people that don't feel anxiety, dead people and psychopaths. That's it. Yeah. Now you don't want to be part of either of those two groups. So don't try and get rid of anxiety completely because that would be, that would be a disorder, wouldn't it? We'd yeah. be one emotion short of the full set of emotions and we'd be dysfunctional, literally. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, you're going to feel every day. It's going to get you to put your focus where it needs to go. Yeah. So it's, I mean, I, I said this in my TED talk. Friday morning, I wake up feeling slightly anxious because it's dustbin day. There's yeah. a bit of me that says, "Take the bins out, Tim." You know, and if, if a bit of me doesn't say it, Brit bloody says it. That's for sure. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, so there is a bit. But once the bins are taken out, that's it. That's job done. That yeah. part of my mind can say, "Good. Well done. You've achieved that." I can sit down again now. You know. So really, anxiety should go from zero to one or two out of 10 on a daily basis, yeah? It's just that functional stuff, puts our mind focusing it where it needs to go. Um, We only really need to pay conscious attention to the functioning of our anxiety response when it starts to get what we regard as inappropriately intrusive, yeah? yeah? I can't stop thinking about the state of the world's health, something like that, you know, when actually right now I've got to, you know, pay this bill or file this report or, you know, something like there's other things right now that I need to, I've got to make the dinner, you know, and I can't stop thinking about the state of the world, you know. So it's, it's about finding the best strategy for the most happiness. And, and that's what we're going to be about, understanding, like you said.
0: I think it's great that you get people to understand anxiety and see it from a different point of view. Because yeah. I, I tend to liken it to anxiety, I'm feeling anxious, or am I feeling excited? And I, I, I flip it on its head, so I get excited about that situation, putting the bins out. But it's the yeah. same physiological response in my body, but I've just changed the word a bit.
1: But yeah, yeah, I get you, yeah.
0: focus yeah. on anxiety, I've given my power to do anything from it, or with it, away to the anxiety. Would that make sense? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. no, I, yeah, I get what you mean. It's almost like you're dealing with the response rather than the thing the response is trying to get you to deal with, yeah, if that makes sense, yeah. I've, I've, I've got to be, you know, just a quick caveat there. I, I can't get excited about putting the bins out, mate. <laughs> 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 so, <laughs> but... I get what you mean there is um i saw a, a little simon Sinek video who i quite like what he talked about and he said he, he used to be very anxious about public speaking which is quite a common one isn't it when we go and talk in front of people and that that emotion that he was feeling and, and i remember when i did my tech talk i could feel like oh yeah i can i can feel this one you know this this one i can feel is important you know and he does this thing of instead of saying oh, i'm really, really nervous he says, I'm excited. This is exciting, isn't it? Isn't this exciting that I'm going to do this? Because that's that's true as well. You're not trying to convince your mind something that isn't true. If I try and say, I'm excited about taking the bins out, I'm not. My mind isn't going to believe me. Yeah, you know what I mean? But if I'm... When I'm in that situation where it's big and it's important... So, I mean, I, I used to... Um, do some training talks for an organization called BNI. I'm, I'm a member of it. It's a networking group. And I used to run a lot of the trainings. Um, and the guy who owns the region, a friend of mine called Andy, he, we'd be sitting next to each other about to go in front of 300, 400 people and start the training. And Andy was, oh, my God, why do I put myself through this? I can't stand this. I hate this. You know, and he really didn't like it. And he said, look at you. You're loving it, aren't you? And Because um, I was like, like this sort of thing. And I said to him, I, I think we probably feel exactly the same. Yeah. yeah but in my mind it's excitement in your mind it's terror you know what i mean so yeah. i think i think the actual physical the visceral feeling of sitting there waiting to go out on stage was probably identical yeah we'd recognize it in each other but it's just we had a different framework for it you know so yeah i think you're right that's owning yeah. our emotions different yeah.
0: outcome as well would you say anxiety you tend to have a negative outcome i'm going to mess up I'm going to look stupid, I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Excitement. I'm going to smash this, I'm going to rock this. People yeah. are going to love what yeah. I'm doing. I'm giving yeah. so much value to the people in the audience and there's yeah. a different outcome to it, which... Absolutely, yeah. But,
1: yeah, I think that's it. Where are we focusing? Are we, are we concerning ourselves with what might go wrong? You know, yeah. And in this situation in the world at the moment, are we worried about, oh, what if this happens? What if that happens? Are we disaster planning? We do a lot of that. Yeah. Or are we focused on the possibilities that could come from this particular experience? You know, Because yeah. every experience, even... Even the negative ones can be positive in that we are going to learn something and we're going to grow and become a better version of ourselves than there's ever been, which I think is, is fairly exciting when we put our focus on that sort of prospect, that sort of outcome. So, yeah, I think absolutely it's, it's where is our focus going in terms of what are we imagining about the future? Yeah. yeah. And this yeah. is key as well. All, all of anxiety's emotional drivers are about what we're imagining is going to happen. I see yeah. a lot of people who are yes. worst casing it you know the worst case scenario what if this what would I do if this What? Would I, they're planning for their responses in the face of the disaster that never happens yeah. yeah and also there's a little bit of them thinking if I think about it if I preempt it if I disaster plan somehow that stops it happening yeah, yeah if I'm yeah. ready for you know it's a, that, that magical thinking where something about what i think about influences what what the world does now yeah when it yeah. doesn't obviously yeah. it's, it's, that so kind right. of, it's that kind of thought attachment you know
2: i know with um, quantum realm i know with the uh, <laughs> with the ocd right with you know obviously i've had my own experience other people for me that's extreme anxiety yeah. where you're trying to put things in place to control the future mm. but i think What you're saying there, like one lady, um, Susanna here, has said, I have asthma and I've been anxious about getting the virus and feel it's taking over my mind at the moment. And it's like, what are we actually anxious about at the moment? Because a lot of people are saying, I'm worried that, you know, there won't be stuff on the shelves. I'm worried we're going to get the virus. I'm worried we're going to run out of money. I'm worried there's going to be unrest. You know, what is it we are actually anxious about at the moment? Because I remember you said before we were chatting about this, it's not about the situation, but it's how we deal with it. Is that?
1: Yeah, it's not not what situation we're in, our concern. We're anxious not about the situation. We're anxious about our ability to deal with the situation. So it's always in some way reflective on how well we feel we can handle the particular challenge that's coming. So to, to... For that lady that's just, what was the lady's name, sorry, that you mentioned? Susanna. Susanna, right. So there's, that's, now we can look at that and say that's perfectly justified, yeah? You've had asthma, you're like, well, I don't want to get any respiratory respiratory virus, do I? Because that's going to, that could be potentially threatening to me. But there's a difference between, it's almost like your mind is playing babysitter, yeah? It doesn't trust you to do what you need to do to avoid getting it. Yeah. Now, probably at this phase, we've all been in isolation for about God knows how long. It seems like months, but it's probably been about seven or eight days. Yeah. So and and Britt and I were talking the other day and we're saying, oh, so probably if we haven't got it now, we certainly didn't catch it before we went into isolation. So we probably aren't going to catch it unless we now go out and catch it from somewhere. So it's almost like there's that little bit of comfort that comes from, right, it's in my own hands now. I'm not going to accidentally get it. You know, if, if I were to expose myself to it now, it would probably be because I've just ignored all the guidelines. Yeah. So really, I, I know I'm probably intelligent enough to do whatever I can to avoid getting any any virus or any illness. You know, that's, that's not just about this situation but in general, you know, because I know how to look after myself, that sort of thing. But Susanna's mind has her constantly monitoring for it. It's almost like if you imagine like the Starship Enterprise. She's on red alert. Yeah? Yeah. It's like the, the sirens are going off all the time, yeah? And it's almost like the computer on the Starship Enterprise doesn't trust the captain to just steer the ship into the, in the correct direction. Yeah? yeah, So we've always got to be on high alert, everyone on action stations, yeah? Yes. And what that does is it stops us just bloody steering the ship, you know, it stops us just getting on with the everyday stuff. And as a result then, we're not living a very good existence and we're not a very happy existence. Yeah what her mind needs to understand is that, you know what, she's an intelligent adult. She knows about her health. She knows where her vulnerabilities are. And I doubt if she went to do something, you know, that, that was dangerous for her, if she walked into the street and someone coughed, she probably wouldn't run up and lick them, you know, because she probably knows not to do that. And if she went to do that, the sirens would go off in a big way because she's not stupid and she knows that shouldn't be done. Do you know what I mean? So I feel like, Uh, we have to get our mind realising oh I'm an intelligent adult yeah I'm not going to do anything to put me at risk and as a result I would notice if I was about to do anything that was putting me at risk so I can in between those situations where I've got to make a direct decision do I go and do that or do I go and do that in between that time I can just chill out and enjoy my life you know I I was on um, a few years ago uh, the new pier at Hastings there's just this massive new pier with nothing on it at the moment and we me and Britt walked to the end of it and looked over the edge, and I wasn't quite prepared for how high up it was going to be. And, and my stomach did that thing, you know, I was like, oh, that's high, isn't it? And I, and I stepped back, and it made me laugh because my mind thought the only thing that stopped me just falling off the edge of the pier, even though there's a barrier up to here, you know, the only thing that stops me is that feeling in my stomach that makes it uncomfortable to be standing at the edge. You know what I mean? Now, if I was five or six years old or a toddler... Yeah, you know, and a toddler went towards the edge. Mum would be like, come away from there because you don't know enough not to fall off the edge of the pier, yeah? yeah. But as an adult, I know not to do that because that would be dangerous. Do you know what I mean? I don't need the associated visceral response to keep me safe anymore. And that's what I'm thinking is Susanna's mind's got going on. Her mind's playing babysitter when she's an adult that doesn't need a babysitter now. So I think what we would be doing is encouraging her mind to say, well, okay, I'm not going to do anything stupid, and I know I to look after myself. Yeah, if I got this, it wouldn't be good news, but I know how not to. You know what I mean? So it's about, yeah. it's about controlling ourselves, even when we can't control what's going on around us.
2: Yeah, and I think, I think that's true for a lot of people at the moment. It's, mm. you know, the mind thinking that it needs a babysitter. Mm. You know? And it's like we have to have confidence in ourselves, knowing that we know inherently what to do. We know yeah, yeah. what we need to do, do you know what I mean? But it's, uh, as you say, it's the mind just kicking off,
0: thinking that it doesn't know what to do. But it Also, what's going on, we cannot physically see this virus. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. it's out there. It's out there in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know where it is. We yeah. cannot walk around it or anything like that. So we're, we're on high alert because we're worried about situations, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. are not it, isn't it? The unseen, yeah. the unknown—it's yeah. always the uncertain, isn't it? A lot of the time, it's kind of like we, we f- above all the things we fear, the unknown is—is—is is, is a great one, isn't it? You know, in terms of uh, what sparks our fears.
2: One, I think, dangerous thing to say, and I've learned this—don't say that—is a lot of people say my anxiety
1: yeah yeah yeah
2: do you know what I mean and it's very
1: yeah, much I, I make that mistake as well I'll, I'll yeah. use that language and it, it is it's, it's almost like you own it don't you you'll yeah. get a lot of people anxiety is probably the thing that m- that people spend most time um attempting to validate in, in terms of you get people you kind of get those people say oh we just need to sort, just sort it out just just man up a little bit you know just get over it you know, and it's almost like people are saying this isn't a real thing. And as a result, when we suffer high levels of anxiety, we kind of have to really go into battle to get it recognized. No, no, I don't choose to feel this way, mate. You know what I mean? It's not like something I can just change. And I think as a result, you look at the, the rhetoric surrounding a lot of the, the, the help you get on Facebook, the, the channels that are working towards, it's all working towards raising awareness so that we can all realize how prevalent it is and that we're all suffering and that we're there for each other. As a result, they don't really get to put any emphasis on, okay, how you change this, how you get to the point where you can legitimately, confidently, 100 percent, truthfully say, I don't suffer with anxiety anymore. Do you know what I mean? And that whole my anxiety, because of my anxiety, I can't make it into work today because of my anxiety. I'm not coming out tonight, you know, and it becomes that thing that imprisons us. And that's not what it's there for. Yeah, and no, I get it totally that people are probably sitting there now and saying, yeah, but my doctor said I have an anxiety disorder. Yeah, but you've got to remember, you know, watch my TED talk for a little bit of a rundown on why we don't have to be um, chained to the doctor's diagnosis, by the way. The reason why we could have been told we have a certain state of affairs, but it doesn't have to be a permanent state of affairs. Yeah. Yeah. even if we've suffered high levels of anxiety before, we've got to remember, it's all about what our mind has learned in terms of the response that it regards as appropriate or the best strategy in a given situation. And it does all come back. How well do we feel we can deal with stuff? It, yeah. it does come down to self-esteem a lot of the time. Yeah. So there's, there's loads of things. I've never been through a pandemic before. Okay. I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do really, do we? But I do know I've been through a lot of things before for the first time. And evidence suggests, and this is through me taking the time to notice, evidence suggests that we find a way through these things. So if you're watching this webinar right now, guaranteed you've been through a lot and you've got the other side of it. you either worked out how to overcome it or time has just passed and you've dug in and hung in there and you're still moving, you're still going forward, even in the face of all of this stuff. Right. So, everything that you've faced in life so far, you have overcome, yeah? Even though it might have been challenging, it might have almost broken you at times, yeah? You might, it might have broken you down to the point where you feel you couldn't get any lower. But guess what? You're still here and you're yeah. still moving forwards. So, my, my, my kind of assessment um, of what I think is going to happen is I think I'm going to come out the other side of this. And at some point, I'll be doing one of these things, talking to people about, do you remember that time when we were all locked inside yeah. during that pandemic, you know? And, and we might even, in that story, talk about how we all managed to get through it and what we discovered and all the great things that came from it, things like that, you know? I've already noticed some things about this situation that have unexpectedly, you know, pleasantly surprised me. I was just talking to you before about trying to get online on a Zoom call with my mum. You know, I, ne- I never do a Zoom call with my parents. Yeah. You know, I'm-, I'm checking in with them every two or three days. Normally, we only live around the corner from each other. We might not see each other for a w- week or two because we're just, you know, we're in the vicinity, so we don't do that thing of checking in and that sort of thing. I'm checking in every other day at the moment. So I'm, I'm instantly getting closer to my parents when I didn't realize that was going to happen. You know, it's like one of those little things that you're like, oh, that was really nice. You know, that was- so I think our job is to notice the things that we do that get us through things. Because yeah. it's all too easy to notice the things we don't do or the tr- struggles that we have. Yeah. And then our assessment of ourselves is that, oh, I struggle, don't I? When actually you're probably doing better than you think you are.
2: Well, it's like, you know, a lot of people are saying, I don't know when it's going to end. I don't mm. know what's going to happen next week. But if this wasn't, you know, taking place, we still don't really know what's going to happen next week. We might have a yeah, exactly. idea of what's going to happen next week. But we don't really know. We might have an idea of what we're gonna do this afternoon, but that might not happen. But I think because it's been taken out of our hands, in inverted Mm. commas, Mm. we perceive that. But really, we can control some things in our lives. Obviously, you know, the (laughs) thoughts that we pay attention to and how we want to do them. But really, are we ever truly in control?
1: (laughs) You know, you know that's that's an absolutely that's an absolute stellar point, right? Of course. Because we, yeah, we we don't like to feel out of control of our lives, yeah. yeah. Because that creates anxiety, doesn't it? Yeah. But we have to accept that all of the stuff that isn't us, we're never in control of. Yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. I don't. Look, we might have some psychics watching the webinar, yeah. But even your psychics don't predict 100 percent Correctly, everything's going to happen tomorrow, yeah. Um, so it's like, why are we trying to? Because yeah. we know we're going to be confronted with the unexpected tomorrow. Yeah. If anything, this situation makes us able to predict a lot more about tomorrow than we normally would be able to. Yeah. yeah you know we're just fucking in a house, yeah. drinking a cup of tea, watching, some th- watching The Mandalorian on Disney+, Plus. you know, yeah. things like that. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, there's, there's certain things that we actually now can rely on because you know, it might be a bit boring, you know, but we're, gonna, we're doing it. You know? So I think it's like the more we try and predict the future, it's almost like we're trying to attempt to control it. Yes. And as soon as our mind recognises us trying to do something that we cannot achieve, that could potentially create anxiety. Absolutely. So it's time to just say, okay, let me put my energies into controlling me because that's the thing I do have direct control over.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any tools, if someone's dealing with anxiety now they're struggling to do what you've already said, have you got any like steps that could help someone to reduce their anxiety levels a little level bit? Can I just get
2: in there very quickly beforehand, just before we move on to that bit? Sarah has said, replace the word anxiety with any other emotion and see how it sounds when you put my in front of it. Exactly. So my happiness, my yes. excitement.
1: Yeah. Love yeah, that. Really. It doesn't make sense, does it? It sounds weird. It sounds like a weird use of yeah. the term. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's exactly right. Exactly right. It's a good little exercise to do. Now you um, go ahead. So tips, tips for, um, yeah, funny you should say that, Baz, because before we came online, I was like, oh, I wonder if I should do like three top tips for things to get control of anxiety.
0: Everybody loves a good top tip. And also,
1: it's but...
0: a strategy, doesn't it? It gives them a tool to actually say, well, I'm feeling this. How can I feel this? And what can right. I use the movie from A to B?
1: I'm gonna give you three that I feel are are relevant to this situation we're in, yeah? But if you want to get my basic three for how I got over my social anxiety, look at the TEDx talk. Okay. Um, you can find that on my page. What were you
0: gonna say, buy my book? We'll, we'll, <laughs> well, and buy the book as well, but we'll post that. I've got
1: in the it's bottom. so extraordinary, I haven't got a copy of my book, actually, to hand, it's really You do know
0: have it in your back pocket, don't you, Tim? Oh, he's <laughs> off. He's <laughs> off. He's run off to get his book. <laughs> do you know
2: what? We don't have a copy of Tim's book. What? We, we don't have a copy. No? I mean,
1: like... Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> That's my book there. Oh,
0: oh by really... the way, just because we haven't got your book, your picture's getting taken off our yeah. shelf now. <laughs>
1: man unbelievable i mean that's a bit of a revelation to drop into the webinar then and just expect me to carry on as if nothing's just happened (laughs) um okay so right the the three things that i'm going to sort of give you today really 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 freaking obvious one but one that cannot be understated get your rest okay get your sleep and get your rest. Now, there's a reason for this. This is, look, I, I know this is really like, oh, we need an anxiety expert to tell us that, did we? Because that's what my mum's been telling me for years. Yeah, exactly, I get that, yeah? But you need to understand the far-reaching uh, implications of not getting your rest, okay? So we talked a little bit about, can I face the challenge? Yeah, can I deal with this? That, those sorts of thoughts, yeah, which are big drivers for anxiety. That's what we call a cognitive assessment. Yes. Whenever we face a challenge, we do a cognitive assessment. Do I have the resources to deal with this? And if the answer comes back, yes, I do. We just do it. We get on with it, you know, like taking the bins out. Yep, I can do that. I've done that every week for the last God knows how long. Yeah. Um, But if the answer comes back, no, I don't, then we potentially could go into that higher anxiety response. It's one of the backup options that our mind has because Um, The fight or flight mechanism is how we overcome the things we don't think we can take on. So, you know, if we go into battle, if we have to run away from an attacker, that's fight or flight. And that's the high anxiety response that gets us doing that. Okay. so if we look at a situation and say, I don't currently have the resources, your mind may go into a high anxiety response to try and get you to overcome that. Yeah. So the way we we make sure that our cognitive assessment comes back with a yes, I can deal with it rather than no, I can't deal with it. There are three factors that go into play here and everything I'm going to tell you really uh, relates to this particular response, this cognitive assessment. First thing, how big is the challenge, uh, including how many of them there are as well. Second thing, how good am I at dealing with challenges? And third thing, how close to my best am I? Yeah. If we start at the far end there, how close to my best am I? We might regard ourselves as the absolute superhero of dealing with challenges, but if I'm on a 1% battery charge, I'm going to perceive that challenge as too much. Yeah. Even though I'm awesome, I can't deal with it right now. Yeah. Um, That's going to be directly related to how much rest we get and how much time we take away from the perceived stressful situation that we're in. Yeah. Yeah. So being able to say, "Look, well, I'm going to get my sleep. I'm going to fully recharge my batteries. If you start the day at 100% battery charge, which by the way, most of us have forgotten what that feels like yeah. because our mind habitually doesn't do it. It wakes us up when we've got enough battery charge to get going again, because we've got things to do. We've got other stuff to get on with. We've got to face the challenges of the day. Yeah? We need, the best version of us is the entirely unprepared yet completely rested version of us. Yeah, so all of the lying awake at night, worrying about this, thinking about that, achieves nothing. Um, But what does achieve something is simply shutting down and going to sleep so that we can wake up tomorrow, the very best version of us, ready to face whatever challenges there might be. Yeah, you will find it's a different day when you start to wake up feeling rested as it is when you wake up feeling exhausted. Yeah, okay? yeah. So prioritize your sleep. And, and I get that I'm, I'm saying something different here to, oh, make sure your mind shuts down because that's kind of that's at a subconscious level. Yeah. Dealing with all of your stresses and worries and understanding them better is how we get our mind to more easily shut down. Yes. I'm saying don't make that mistake of saying, well, you know, I, I've, I've timed about a six and a half hour window to go to sleep, you know, or a seven hour window to go to sleep. When you think about it, even if you schedule in eight hours to get your full sleep, that means you've got to go unconscious the moment your head hits the pillow, sleep all the way through, and then wake up to your alarm. Yeah, which not most of us don't do. So we should really be scheduling in more sleep than we would need, so that we can take the pressure off ourselves and just say, "I'm just going to chill here and relax and do nothing." Before you know it, you're asleep. Before you know it, you're waking up feeling loads better. Yeah, and
2: even if that means going to bed early, go mm-hmm. to bed early. Don't be a sport brat right? If you understood the import, we have so many people up, like, I'm not going to bed early, uh, and it's like the, the teenage rebel comes out in you, yeah, right? Yeah. Let
0: me say this, so, people sit and watch TV till early hours of the morning because it's distraction from what they're actually feeding. They get engrossed yeah, yeah. In a book, engrossed in a film because if they're engrossed in something, then they don't have to think about the problems or the anxiety or the stress or the worry yeah. of what's actually happening in real life.
1: Yeah, have you, have you, a, good, a good little um, indicator, do the silent room test. Yeah, say, right, I'm just going to sit in a room with no sound, no TV, no radio, no other people, and I'm just going to chill. Um, if you're comfortable with what's going on up here, with what you hear up here when there's no other noise, good, that's great. That means there's the, the, you know, the, the subconscious is operating in a way that is, is positive. If you can't bear what's going on up here, right, okay, that would be good to change that. Yeah, that means your mind's puzzling things that maybe can't be solved or worrying about things, because worrying obviously means trying to solve things that are out of your control, yeah? yeah? If you were thinking about things, you could do something about that problem solving. Worrying is thinking about things that you can do nothing about, yeah? Yeah. So, um, yeah, allowing your mind to say, look, I'm not going to achieve anything by thinking about all this stuff. It's it's literally the worst strategy for my happiness. So yep. what I'm going to do is do the most important task of any day, which is the sleep you get at the end of it. Yeah. Because that will decide directly how good your day is tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. And that's all we can now influence is what You're we do. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Go on
0: a now, now In this situation now, it's a perfect time because majority of us, we don't have to get up to go to work. Mm. We, we're either working from home, so we've got that, hour or so where we have to commute to work normally or whatever it is daily routine we're stuck in our houses we can prioritize our sleep over everything
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i think um this it affords us a bit of a luxury we didn't have and i get that there's parents now that are shouting at us and saying i wish i could just have a lion i get that we've all got different circumstances and different situations Mm. but you are worth scheduling in your downtime. Yeah, that most of the time, the problem isn't that I can't control the kids. It's that I can't grant myself that time off. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel guilty if I'm sitting there doing nothing. That's a real, the curse of the parent, feeling guilty for sitting down doing nothing. And that's, we got to get rid of that stuff. Because bottom line, if you break, you can't help anyone. You can't look after anyone. Mm -hmm. And you're only going to maintain, you know, the functioning of this machine if it gets its recharging time. Yeah, you're not, you know, look, here's the thing, my phone, if it's on 1% battery charge, it can do all the things it can do at 100% battery charge, but not for as long, okay? Yeah. Me, if I'm on 1% battery charge, I'm not even functioning. I can't do anything. All my decisions are bad ones. Everything I try and do, I'll have to do several times so I get it wrong, and I'm going to feel horrible in the process of doing it. Mm. Our job at night is to rest, sleep, recuperate, recharge the batteries so that tomorrow, we can, you know, go into battle again, but feel like we can handle the battle. Yep, you know,
2: absolutely. No, I love that tip. That's really good.
1: Cool. Okay. So that's number,
2: number
1: one. Person. Yeah. Right? So I'm I'm wading my way through this. Um, number two, um, this is about, you know, the second factor in can we face this challenge? How good at facing challenges are we? Our self-esteem levels, right? Mm. What I try and do whenever I feel like, oh, this, I can't handle this, you know, I remind myself of all the stuff I've handled in the past yeah now it is not a result of negative thinking that we assess that we can't handle stuff yeah it is a result of a natural human point of perspective so if I see a row of fence posts where they're all straight and upright but one of them is slightly wonky which one do I notice
2: The wonky one.
1: The wonky one. That's not because I'm a negative ninny and I'm just like, oh, that's wonky. That's not very good. It's because that one still needs to be straightened. Yeah. But if I only focused on the wonky one, I might easily convince myself that I'm not very good at straightening fence posts because there's still a wonky one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now what this terrible analogy is about is that we look at the things we haven't yet done or the things we didn't achieve and we say, oh, I'm not very good at getting stuff done. Mm -hmm. But what we gloss over Is all the things that we do every day that we now take for granted as doing without thinking. And we're smashing it in so many areas and not even realizing it. As a result, we might think, oh, I'm not that great, when actually we're absolutely awesome. But at the moment in particular, we're dealing with stuff that is beyond the realms of what we dealt with before. Or is out of our comfort zone, out of our, our usual operating procedures. So, yeah, we might leave more things undone than we normally would. That's OK, because we're still getting in the flow of what's going on at the moment, and we're still growing and learning and becoming more experienced and more able and more resourceful, a better version of ourselves, you know We need to give ourselves the credit for everything that we're doing, because if we deliberately shine the torch on the stuff that we're achieving, and we grant ourselves that, "Well done, you did this, you know, then we'll feel more able to deal with the unexpected and, and, and hitherto un, unmet challenges. That, that are going to follow tomorrow. Yeah, and, and I think that's important as well.
0: Yeah. yeah. That reminds me of a book I read, Hardwiring Happiness. I said, our brain is, like, has like Teflon for the good. It just goes and gone. And it's like Velcro to the bad. The bad things get stuck in it because you yeah, yeah. perceive see they need to have action applied to them. So we just yeah. po- focus on all the negative things that are going on. And then we perceive that we're no good at these things.
1: Absolutely. And, and also there's this there's other the natural response that happens as well. Sometimes people are saying, oh, anxiety is like the enemy. It, it tells me things like I'm no good. I'll never be loved. I'll never achieve anything. And it's like, how can you tell me that part is actually working for my good if it's telling me those things? Yeah, The reason for that is it's trying to protect you from going into a situation that you can't handle. Yeah, so if I say to you, if someone is going into a situation like a friend of mine and I'm like, you know, like, I think you're going to get destroyed, mate, you can't do that. I'll try and keep you away from it to protect you. And that's what that part of you is trying to do. It's saying you're not good enough to do this, not because it wants you to feel bad about yourself, but because it wants you to shy away from the thing that's going to lead to an unpleasant experience, okay? That bit is only trying to protect you. Yeah, but it gets it wrong all the time. And that's, and that's the point. People say, oh, anxiety is a liar. Anxiety is not a liar, it just gets shit wrong all the time, yeah? Because, you know, we're operating on our own singular point of perspective. So when we tell ourselves we can't handle it, we're very probably wrong.
0: Yeah. I think that word there
1: that you said is
0: per- um, perception. It's your perception of the situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's a very powerful word, isn't it? How- Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Everybody listening to this, whether it's on catch up, whether it's now, whether it's on a podcast, whether it's in the year 2030, whatever it is, right? Me, you, Baz. We've all faced things that have challenged us, and we've all said, Not sure I'm yeah. going to get through this, but we yeah. have, and we know we have because we're still yeah.
1: here now. Exactly. The simple fact that we are still alive and moving forward and still working towards our own happiness means, in some way, that thing that was daunting and impossible got done. Yeah, yeah? I mean, there's um it was a couple of years ago when, uh, the year that me and Brit were getting married and I was away in Belgium teaching a course and, and she rang me up and said, we've got a letter from the castle where our reception was. Um, and it was, this was about a month before the wedding. Um, it's gone out of business. The reception has been canceled and everyone had booked their hotels in that area and she couldn't find another venue at short note. She'd already rung around, She was in hysterics and I was like, right. Okay. I don't know how we're going to deal with this. But I had to come up with something for myself because I was about to go back into the room and start training the practitioners again in Belgium. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't deal with it then. You know, I literally I didn't have the time. I, I can't get I'm you know, I will get onto it, obviously, when I'm done for the day. I'll be straight there, but there's nothing I can do about it now. So I had the option there of worrying about this, fearing it would never get resolved because I had no idea how to resolve it because Brit had already exhausted pretty much all the options that I would have gone for, you know. Or I've got to find some way of parking that. And I said to Britt, I said, look, I don't know how we're going to get this sorted. I'll be honest with you. You know, nothing is really immediately presenting itself in my mind, right? But I feel like at some point, we're going to be talking to somebody, telling this story about this situation when it all, you know, the, the world dropped out from underneath us, yeah? And I feel like, like all the other stories in our life, it will end with how it got sorted, Yeah. And, and I said, and I so I, whilst I don't know how it's gonna get sorted, I have faith that it will, yeah? And Brit said to me, that's not good enough, Tim, that's bloody bollocks, what are you going to not- do about it? <laughs> now, so it did, it did absolutely no good for Brit at all, but for me, it enabled me to park it and then go and do my training, yeah? yeah. Now, the thing, is, the story did end with it getting sorted out. That evening, there was a number on the letter we'd received about the castle going out of business. I rang it and then spoke to the people. Turns out it wasn't the castle going out of business. It was the people who run the events there. And there was a new company taking it over on in the booking. So it got sorted within 24 hours. Yeah. Uh, even if it hadn't, we'd have worked it out. And this is what I'm kind of, uh, the message that I'm trying to give to people at the moment. You don't know how this is going to end. We don't know what, what we're going to be like the other side of it. But we ain't going to achieve anything by worrying about it. And I do have a lot of faith that we will all get through it, yeah. you know, in some way or another. um yeah so that's I mean I don't I don't think that's one of the best bits of insight I've got for people but I think we've got to tap in even though we have no experience of this situation we all have a vast amount of experience of being inexperienced in a situation and getting through the other side of it and I think that's what we're going to do I've already experienced getting a little bit more comfortable and relaxed about the situation as the days have gone on. And Britt has as well. We've noticed this. Um, Some days are great. Some days a little bit dull and and rubbish, but we're getting a little bit more normalized to what's going on. And I think that's what we're all going to do. We're going to start to feel a bit more comfortable and start to just get the other side of things. You know,
0: Tim, we're getting loads loads of messages saying, thank you, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. This is really helpful. Thank you. Thank you. So, you're hitting the nail on the head there, so... Oh,
1: I'm pleased, I'm pleased. I, I'm, I'm glad you're not getting messages like, this is bollocks, one am I wasting my time? Yeah, I yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, well, We've only got one of them.
1: <laughs> that
0: was brilliant number, <laughs> yeah.
1: number, so yeah, number three then, um, comes back to how big is the challenge we perceive, okay? Oh. And in particular, how many of them? I'm talking overwhelm here. Yeah, a lot of the time... We could think I'm awesome at solving challenges. I'm at my very best. But if I've got a thousand things to deal with at once, I can't do that. Yeah, Yeah. we we do not multitask as human beings. And I'm sorry, ladies. I know women would tell us, yeah, we multitask. You men can't. We don't. We, We function one thing at a time. And our job really is to compartmentalize, is to say, right, let me do the one thing I can do. Get on with that because what happens, we go to do the one thing we want to do and then that bit of our mind that's in charge of getting this other thing done and then this other thing and then this other thing shouts at you and says, wait a minute, what about this? Don't forget this. And we've got to realize that we can take things one at a time. And if we do that, we'd probably get loads more done in the day than we possibly could trying to take everything at once. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. At the moment, when I talk to somebody about overwhelm, Yes, they're busy. They have busy lives. I know we've talked about overwhelm a lot because you guys, you run your own business. You do everything. If you don't do it, don't get done. I know you've got Tony helping you, but you know, I'm, it's the same. I'm, I run my business. If, if I stop, there's nothing getting done at that time. So there's this, this desire, isn't there, to keep going and handling everything and juggling and spinning the plates, all that sort of thing. But we don't function very well that way. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've got to do is recognize the best version of us is the one that's just taking things one at a time. Yeah. yeah? so that we can, we can cross things off the list. And we get more done that way. At the moment, if we have anyone with overwhelm, whilst we're busy, there's always, there's always, 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 the main problem is their mind is concerning themselves with things that they cannot do anything about. So the, the ongoing worrisome situation. Mm. Yeah? You look at people with health anxiety. This is a real strong driver for overwhelm, Amongst those people, because the biggest thing in their life, they can't change. You know, they'll go for some tests. I'm worried about my health. And I've I got to wait a month for the results of the tests. And they spend that month worrying about the results of the tests, which yeah. doesn't actually achieve anything because their part is played. Yeah. You know, when it comes to keeping ourselves safe, keeping ourselves healthy, our input is quite minimal. You know, we have to take action on Monday. And then next Tuesday, we might have to do something else and go to that appointment or something like that. And it's like we were saying about Susanna with, with the worried about getting, getting the coronavirus. Mm. Our input is quite minimal. We just got to make sure we don't do the things that might expose us to it. And at the moment, our action, what's our action at the moment? Sit on the sofa and do yes. call. Cool. You know, that's, that's yeah. our input, Yeah. I can do that without thinking about it. Trust me, I do that really well. You know? <laughs> so I don't need to be constantly thinking or worrying about it. But that is the source of overwhelm right now, is the big stuff shouting at us. And as a result, all the little stuff having to shout to get heard, and then we've got all these guys shouting in there. You know? And it's just become like you know the old pictures of the 80s stock market where everyone's, you know, that sort of thing. And that's <laughs> what it's like. And really, we haven't got that much to consciously engage with on a on a moment to moment basis mm-hmm. we can we can for a large amount of time at the moment go on to autopilot yeah and and i think a good a good exercise here recognize what it is your mind is concerning you with and then look at it logically as in is that going to help me to concern myself with that is that going to achieve anything because guaranteed there are things you could be doing to achieve something or other and the thing i would like people to start achieving is finding their happiness in this current situation, as in finding the things they will do day to day to make this a really pleasant few months rather than an unpleasant few months. Because they're there, as strange as it sounds, they are there, yeah? And we. this isn't a week. This isn't a, oh, we'll just slug it out, it'll be shit, but we'll get through it. This is like a few months, probably. So our job now is to make these next few months not just tolerable, but nice, enjoyable, weird. I'm, I'm personally taking a lot of solace in the fact that I probably won't ever, you know, maybe in my working life, except when I'm on holiday, get a period of time where I can just be me making my own way about the day and not really have anything that I've got to do or anything I've got to attend to. So I'm kind of looking at this and thinking, there's a period of relaxation that I wouldn't normally get and might never get in my working life again until I'm on holiday or I'm retired, you know? So let's make the most of that. Let's see what I can do to advance me, advance my enjoyment of the situation, you know, Britt made a really, really good observation the other day. We were something like three or four days in, and we'd been stressed and fraught on oh, what's going to happen now. We're locked in the house, all that sort of thing. And Britt was like, yeah, so my, my, normally I'd be going to my pole fitness tonight, but I'm going to be doing it online on Zoom. We're doing it. And she said, funny enough, I think that's the first moment where our schedule is different than it would have been normally because yeah. of this situation. So because we work from home, Nothing had changed about what we were doing except our perception of what it meant. Oh, no, we're locked in the house now. We can't go out. And we don't actually go out that often except to go to our fitness classes and things like that. And it wasn't until like three or four days in that one of those occurred that we would have been going to. Yeah. But, and we were like, why have we been perceiving it so different when our actual mechanics of our daily life had been largely the same? Yeah. yeah? But So I think there's a lot of things that we put our mind's attention on that we don't need to. You know? I
2: love that. Mm. And, I, and yeah. that, I think, is a perfect roundup of everything. It is find the happiness mm, right the, now. In the situation you're in, in at the moment. situation. Yeah. Because if, if you don't do that, it's going to be a shitstorm for you. Do you know what I mean? And
0: there is always two sides to everything, isn't there? Mm. We've just got to get up and look at it from a different point of view. To find yeah. a different perspective on the situation. Very
1: true. Very true. Absolutely. I think what we do as human beings, we do this thing called zeroing the scales. We look at the situation we're in and we accept that as our kickoff point each day. You know, so you'll see people who won the lottery who very quickly take it for granted. And they're, you know, a few months later, they're still unhappy even though they've got all the money. You'll see people who've been through accidents and lost their, the use of their legs. And then a few months later, they're just as happy as they were with the use of their legs because they've adapted. They've zeroed the scales and they're, kind of, they're, they're moving towards their happiness because we know it's a fixed and permanent state. So our mind has to do something to put us back to a starting point that is a positive one, yeah? And we accept our situation. At the moment, a lot of people are sitting there thinking, oh, we'll get through this. We'll just slog through this. We'll get to the other side of it. And so their mind isn't doing anything about adapting to it, accepting it, and finding the good in it. Yeah. And finding the good in a new daily routine. Yeah. yeah. But we're going to be here long enough where if you don't actually do the adaption process, like you say, it's going to be shit. Yeah. yeah. Cause you're constantly going to be trying to get to the end of this horrible time. Yeah. We have to find what is going to be good about it, what we're going to enjoy about it. And there's, there's to be, for when you start looking, there's loads of things. Yeah. Um, and especially if you take away the weight of, oh, it's so uncertain, what's going to happen? If you lift that weight off yourself, if you take that burden away from yourself and say, right, what's today going to bring then? What an adventure, you know? Then who knows what you can make of it? And without wishing to be that ultra-positive bastard that gets on everyone's nerves, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's our job, I think, is to find our new normal that we can enjoy. Yeah.
2: Absolutely. We've got loads of comments, Tim. You'll have to go back through and read them. But Ed says, I love being with my family. I have a huge amount of gratitude for the time for just us four. Paul says, I totally agree. I decided I can only do what I can and that I need to make our family bubble nice. Totally agree about the rest. Um, Very informative, really interesting. Um, yeah, so just absolutely loads of things um, that people are coming back with that it's, it's really helped. So thank you so much, Tim, for coming. My uh, pleasure. This is good fun, isn't it? It's good fun,
1: yeah, I like it, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've every week about a different emotion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't even started on anger, have we? Which is.
0: Oh, my well, God, like, no. no. That's a whole subject in itself, that is. It is,
1: isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But we'll so to, to say, <laughs> let go of the anger. That's 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 (laughs) shake
2: it out Tim if anyone wants to find out any more wants to get your book anything like that where can they go to
1: right if you go to probably the best place to go to is my website is thecontrolsystem.co.uk you can also find me on um, if you look on if you're on Facebook which people are watching this on Facebook aren't they Right. if you put in the search bar uh, clear your head then you will hopefully find the Clear Your Head Anxiety Control Group. Um, we have about six, seven hundred of us in there now. It's not just me; it's other professionals as well that can give great tips and advice about how to reduce and control anxiety. But I post in there every day, so you'll get you'll get regular daily content from me if you join that group. So uh, yeah, join the Clear Your Head group. And if you do want the book, I think you can. It's on Amazon. So. Um, you can find it on
0: there Excellent. and also Fantastic. tim this is going to be going out on a podcast as well so it'll be on the fit mind project and if have you got a podcast up and running yet i haven't got a podcast no well, when you have we can we can offload that onto your podcast as well so people can re-listen be- re- to this when they're out on their hour exercise walk or beautiful yeah. the house doing it so we're going to put this into a podcast for everybody else as well beautiful thank you very much
2: Thank you so much, Tim. I really do appreciate it. We're going to stop going live and we're going to have an after party. Um, (laughs) But, guys, I really hope this has helped you. If this has and you think that it's going to benefit somebody, then please share this video because this is what this is all about it's about sharing and helping each other you never know how this could maybe potentially save someone's life today okay so please just share it and think about making this world a better place by doing that
0: 100% agree with that there you
2: go 100% okay guys we will see you all very soon if Have I can figure out one, how to see you later bye
0: I can't stress it enough that we need to get control and even understand our anxiety. If you found this useful today, please support us by going onto iTunes or Spotify and rate us and review us. It helps us so much. You can also catch us on Facebook at Rock Solid Health. This is what we're all about. It's about growing this community so we can help more people to become happy and healthy. And remember guys, you're awesome.